Welcome to Journey with Purpose. This is your host, Randy Pebble. You're listening to episode 12. Today, we're speaking with my friend and former colleague, Erica Lee. She's a graphic designer who lives in Hawaii, and she, along with some colleagues, are creating a new community-focused makerspace. Hey, Erica, thanks for coming on the show. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where are we speaking to you from today? Hi, I'm Erica Lee. I'm calling from Honolulu, Hawaii. I'm a freelance graphic designer and my work intersects between brand and experience design. I work in digital product design and also helping a nonprofit makerspace. Why I got into even graphic design is I feel like it's another form of communication and it's a visual communication, right? Graphic design is really word and images coming together. For me, in, in a way, it's a universal language. With graphic design, you could express it symbolically through images, through typography. It's a visual communication tool. It's interesting because when I was going to school studying graphic design, a lot of it was focused on print. We were designing logos, but you know, on business cards and stationaries and signages. It was something physical, something on something tangible, right? This is before, you know, we had the iPhone and apps and app design and all that. Okay, tell me a little bit about how you moved out to Hawaii after living in New York and now you're working again on your own. For me, moving on my own was very, very scary very familiar because I'm doing very similar things. I'd love to hear your journey with working as an independent designer. Definitely when you're on your own, things do ebb and flow. You definitely don't have the protection or stability of a full-time job or gig. But I was also very excited for me why I keep doing it is because of the autonomy, right? I mean, there's pros and cons anywhere you go. And I think because I been working for big institutions for a bit I'm like okay I'm ready to go off on on my own again and I I was on my own before I worked for a big agency so you know it was kind of going back to where it used to be but I think the biggest difference for me was I left New York and I think it was very scary in that sense and this is before COVID so I'm like oh how am I gonna survive I thought about remote because I'm like wait everything's on the computer. That's what I do. So I feel like it's possible. So I, I maybe I was part ignorant. <laughs> like, let's just try to make it work. But I, I also have faith, I think, because, and I've been very lucky because I came from New York and worked for a big agency. A lot of my work, even to this day, is through former colleagues and former clients. And I'm very grateful working with people who you worked with. You're like, you've already had the shared language and understanding and it makes it the easiest to work with. We're kind of going through the same thing. So we have that camaraderie. And I, in being in Hawaii, like I met a lot of artists and designers kind of on the same page. It's really hard to find local jobs here that pay well. Unfortunately, like it's a totally different market. But there's so much talent and there's it's the same amount of talent I've seen in San Francisco and in New York and L.A. Like, I, you know, the places I've worked. There's no any different. It's just the market's slightly different. It's always, it's a balancing act. And the best scenario is you get a big job that pays really well. And, and it's a good project, right? It has a positive impact. And those don't come every time. 
But when a good paying project comes in, like that allows me to do other work that's meaningful to me. And I think the longer I've been living here, the more I wanted to get involved locally. And because it doesn't pay, I feel like my trade-off is, okay, I'll work on these remote projects that will pay me better from a different market. But can I use my time and get involved on a local level where it could be pro bono or on a lower rate, but it's something that the community needs. And that's been so fulfilling. You know, that that's exactly what I've been doing. Figuring out how to find those anchor clients so that they can pay full freights or hopefully even more. So that then I can do work with clients who might not be able to afford it or might take a longer time to pay. Can you speak a little bit about how your startup, Our Space Hawaii, came about and how you are involved with this community-based makerspace? So my few friends and I started this nonprofit. It's our community makerspace. A friend, the founder, he had this idea during pandemic times when, you know, we were all dispersed and everybody was out of work and, you know, feeling isolated. And he's like, you know what? I really want to give back and I want to help this community. And he's a former jewelry maker slash watchmaker. And he loves making, he loves gadgets and the technical things, and which I'm very not. <laughs> and he, he you know, didn't know how to run a business or a program. And he reached out to his community, to someone who owns a co-working space and another friend who's also a jeweler, but has her own company. So all of us are independent designers or entrepreneurs and we teamed up all very from different industries and decided to form a team. And, and then they realized like, wait, we need an actual like graphic designer. So they thought of me. And I had expressed like, oh, I want to do more community-driven work. So they reached out to me and I'm like, oh, this is really a great opportunity. And and I remember how beneficial Makerspace is, especially from working at IDEO. I remember how useful it was, all the benefits of prototyping and working really fast and bringing things to life and making it tangible in a very, you know, digital world. Post-COVID, there was a need for community more than ever and wanted to support small business owners. And I th we thought, wait, people are starting off their own things and what can we do? Especially on this island, it's very, very hard to have resources. We're literally middle of nowhere, middle of the ocean. Just getting things imported is really hard. It's really expensive. So we're like, hey, why don't we help give access to people here? And we're not affiliated to a school or a business. This is really for the community and it's by the community. Our team is pretty diverse. We have a jewelry designer, graphic designer, an artist, an entrepreneur, and much more. We all have all sorts of different interests. And we're, we're all just kind of becoming friends as we work together, but we're all coming from different parts of the creative community. That's what I mean about community, where we're all in the struggle together, trying to run our business. And there's always a part in, you know, once you join a school, like, you know, you're protected and you're taken care of because you're paying tuition, right? And then if you work for a business, they're like, oh, okay, we're paying you. So we're going to give you all this. 
I understand people could feel skeptical and have questions like, wait, who are you? What are you about? Like, why are you doing this? That's why we wanted to be clear, like, hey, we're nonprofit because none of this we're getting paid for. You know, we're putting the money back to the community into this organization so we could better support you. And it does sound too good to be true for a lot of people still. But I think it's because all of us are already independent, already doing our own thing. This is an additional thing. So we want to give back because especially living in this community, I think especially Hawaii, like you receive so much. It's, it's beautiful here. It's very healing here. And you have community who look at, I think we're just community of people who just want to be generous and give back. I know that's sometimes hard to understand. This episode is brought to you by Expedition Works, a full-service design cooperative based in Queens, New York. You might be interested in hiring them if you need to create a more holistic user experience or create new ways of collaborating and engaging community or maybe you want to create a new digital transformation for your organization, please check them out at expedition.works. And now back to the show. I wonder if you could speak a little bit about how working remotely or together might be similar for you and your community. I've been lucky to work remotely, but I think what was missing for me is that human interaction in, per- in real life makes a huge difference because I realize I am in front of a computer all- and have this access to the computer, but I'm sitting all day in my house in this room by myself talking to a screen. As humans, we're not built to be this way. Like we need that connection, physical connection. And you get things done a lot quicker too, right? I think through that empathy, I think everyone else could benefit if they want to like print on something or want to test something out can we give that to him i think that's the big benefit of small makerspace like test it out see it for yourself and it's rapid prototyping really right one model we were still working on but we're considering is this creative exchange program where our ultimate goal is to make this makerspace self-functioning where we're not the experts in prototyping or printing but can the community teach themselves. It's more of a pay it forward model. Because we met a lot of people who were like, I know this machine or I know how to work this thing more than we could, we would never know. Like this 3D printer that we have. And we're like, wait, wouldn't that be amazing if this person earned our certification acknowledging that this person knows this device? People want to teach. They want to help too. Like not just us, people want to help. So can this person be the head of the printer and teach the next person who's interested in And, you know, people want to serve, right? I think as much as people want to receive, people want to give more than anything. And honestly, like, I thought it was just a thing in Hawaii because I feel like it's more of, oh, it's just Hawaii local needs. But the more I talk about it or share, like, including you, you were interested in this. I'm like, wait, it seems like it's on a national level. Like, people are interested in so I know you were here in New York uh, a couple months ago for the AIGA conference. Can you share a little bit about what you were doing? Recently, I was invited to New York at a national AIGA conference to talk about our space. And when they reached out to us, I'm like, why? Like, we're on this tiny little island and, you know, we're, we're so far from New York. Like, why, why are you interested in us or what we're doing? Like, we're just minding our own business. 
I realized there's a lot of other local communities who want to do this too. Like we want to know how you're doing this or why are you doing this? And I'm like, oh, people are interested. That's awesome. I'm glad you were able to share that with a wider audience. How has it been creating this new startup with a bunch of your friends and colleagues? What are you learning? Oh, yeah. It's not easy. For sure. And first of all, yes, we're still figuring it out. Like, we don't know either. I think I think the number one thing is just, just start or just do. Because, yeah, you don't know if this is going to succeed, but let's just do it. Why not? And I think what we're learning is that it only becomes real when you believe it it is and everyone else does. And I have to add, we actually lost our physical space. We're in the midst of it. We're, we're, we're temporary. Thankfully, we have friends who own spa- uh, co-working spaces we have, but like half of our printers are in storage. We're able to partially support the community for now. So we're in the midst is actually in the midst of relocating. So that was a huge wrench because we'd had this huge soft opening and we had like over 200 people show up. It was amazing. Again, we have no idea if people cared about this or not or interested in this. And that was our prototype or test of saying, like, do community want this? Be through it. We had the big launch. And then like a few weeks later, we found out like, oh, we need to find a new space. and. It's daunting and scary, but we thought, wait, this is a great opportunity because we actually do need a bigger space. The space that we started was amazing and we were so grateful, but it was quite tight. So we're like, okay. And then instead of fully shutting down, we're like, hey, what we've learned, again, we had this amazing space. But yes, the space is key, but number one importance is the people. It's the network. We can't exist without the people. We could have the space. If the people aren't there, what's the point? So we've been dealing with this city right now. And what we've been doing is doing pop-up events. We were part of this event called Geek Meet, where people had tents at the park and showcased what they're doing. And it was more about hobbyists, but we're like, hey, we're an actual organization trying to help people. And then we recently did a 3D event where we showcased our 3D printers and partnered up with the VR, AR organization. And we did a pop-up at another friend space. Again, we have friends and network where we could continue to work with and collaborate with. And in every event, it's not more like show and tell, but it's we're also gathering data, right? We're getting to know our community, what works for them, what doesn't, what needs do they want. So we're just starting and just keeping it, moving it forward, right? We don't have everything figured out, but we're, we're figuring it out as we go. Hi, I'm Erica Lee. I'm calling from Honolulu, Hawaii. I'm a designer and my work intersects between brand and experience design. Thanks, Erica, for sharing both your journey as a small business owner and your journey as creating a community-focused nonprofit. I'm always interested in how people are exploring different ways of working and collaborating together. So I really appreciate it. And I hope you share with us updates as you go along. Okay, and that was episode 12 of Journey with Purpose. As usual, all points of view are reflective of those who stand and they don't reflect our employers past or present, but you knew that. 
this would be a perfect time to go to jwp.news and purchase a pamphlet or subscribe to the podcast. You're supporting local journalism that way. And you get these pamphlets out of our house and into your home. We hope you're all well and we will see you on the internets. Mm-hmm.